uh, Kurt, Ashley, Jessica, shall we carry on? Recording in progress. Yes, yes we have. Four, All right. So. Um, thank you, everyone. Welcome to the um, Thursday, November 18th, uh, Metropolitan Planning Organization um, Board meeting. Um, first, I will let uh, Jessica do our explanations for us. Okay. Good afternoon and welcome to the Metropolitan Planning Organization Policy Board meeting. My name is Jessica Mortinger and along with Ashley Breyer's staff, we'll be facilitating the Zoom portion of the meeting. We will work alongside MPO Chair Courtney Shipley, who is on remote video to facilitate the meeting proceedings. Currently, we have everyone muted so we can talk through the general rules. The meeting is being recorded and broadcast live on the city's YouTube channel. During the meeting, please mute yourself by clicking on the microphone icon next to the video icon in the lower left-hand corner. When you are muted, a red line will appear over your icon will make it easier for everyone to hear during the meeting. Just remember to unmute if and when you want to speak. In the menu, you can also turn your camera on or off. Um, next to the microphone icon for the purpose of this public meeting, please keep your video on for the duration if you are participating. If you're participating via phone, you can press star six to mute and unmute your phone somewhere on the Zoom screen. You can also toggle between speaker and gallery view, which shows either the active speaker or the gallery of all participants. A few reminders to ensure that provisions of the Kansas Open Meeting Act are met. As participants, you must state your name and title each time you speak. Individuals who signed up in advance at this point in time. I believe there's no one signed up. Ashley confirmed there's no one signed up in advance and there's no one present in the commission room. When you're called upon, please unmute your listening device and state your name. We'll call on any in person if they appear and we will socially distance and following safety protocols allow them to speak at the podium. All motions will need to be stated clearly after the motion is made and seconded. Staff will call on each member individually to provide their vote. Staff will then need to announce whether the motion carried in the count of the vote. I want to remind everyone to please mute yourself when you're not speaking. I'll turn it back over to Courtney. Hi, Mayor Courtney Shipley. Thank you very much, Jessica. Now I think I'll turn it over to Ashley to do our roll call. Thank you. I'm Ashley Breyer, transportation planner. I'm going to go by last name. Carter. He's not here. Pickle die. No. Kelly. Nope. Reason. Nope. Shanklin. Here. Shipley. Here. And Messina. Here. Thank you. And then we have Jeff Crick. And we have Cecily. And looks like David just entered. So I'll add him to my list of present. Thank you. Uh, excellent. Vice Mayor Shibley, hopefully I'll see Commissioner Carter here in a second. Um, so I think then we'll move on to public comment. Um, is there anyone there in the room who wants to give public comment? Jessica Martin, your transportation planning manager. There's no one present and no one has signed up. Uh, thank you. And I uh, no, I don't. Does anyone see anyone here on the Zoom who's raising their hand or interested? I don't see anyone either. Um, very good. Uh, welcome, Commissioner Carter. Good to Apologies, see you. I joined the wrong meeting. <laughs> um, the Zoom curse. Uh, let's move on, if we if we may, to approve the minutes for October twenty first, twenty twenty one. Uh, are there any Comments or corrections? Seeing none, uh, I would entertain a motion to approve the minutes from October 21st. 
I'll make the motion to approve meeting minutes from October. Do I hear a second? Yeah, I second. Ah. Very good. Ashley, I hear a first and a second. Can you do a roll for us? Yes. Ashley Breyer, Transportation Planner, Carter? Yes. Engledi? Yes. Uh, Shanklin? Yes. Shipley? Yes. Messina? Yes. All right. The minutes passed five to zero. Excellent. Thank you so much, Ashley and everyone. Um, let's move on to our main agenda items. Uh, item number one, the 2022 Unified Planning Work Program. Oh, whoop. Um, I think Jessica will be doing this for us. Thank you. Jessica Morton, your transportation planning manager. What I've opened for you and I'm sharing on my screen is a draft that, of the Unified Planning Work Program that was out for public comment from September 28th to October 27th. Um, to come before you, um, TAC unanimously approved this work plan. The work plan dictates all of the work that the Transportation Planning Division and the Metropolitan Planning Organization um, plan to conduct for the year um, with our consolidated planning grant funding, which matches or which accounts for 80% of our program budget. Um, it highlights all of our approved documents and uh, discusses some of our major accomplishments um, for this past year, some of which we presume to be completed. So we're still working on some of those, but um, we wanna highlight for you the work that we have laid out for 2022, um, including um, the, our big, big project, which will be the development of Transportation 2050 um, to update Transportation 2040. Uh, update of that Metropolitan Transportation Plan is due by March of 2023, um, which that will involve robust public engagement and a travel demand model to support um, the conversation uh, and uh, correlation with um, the work that, that has been done in our community around assumptions about land use planning. And so we will work on that. We hoped to have brought to you today kind of our steering committee that we talked about with TAC, but we're still doing some work on it to finalize the uh, citizen body and the staff work group that will help us um, guide that work. And we will manage through uh, that steering committee process. Um, we will continue to do um, performance reporting um, on the current T2040. We are hoping to complete and finalize approvals of the pedestrian plan for Lawrence and the regional pedestrian plan that are underway right now. Um, we will have updates to our Title VI, our limited English proficiency and um, hopefully if we'll be finishing, um, we're working on it right now, an update to our public participation plan. So um, those will all be in sync and updated prior to you know, our, our major investment in time for the engagement around T2050. We will also be developing a, a 2022 to 25 transportation improvement uh, program. So thinking about um, and, and amendments to both the existing and the new uh, program. Um, we will continue to participate in coordination with of all of our planning activities around implementation of safe routes to school, pedestrian plan, the bike plans, um, transit route redesign, and other modal studies um, that is relevant to our work for the year and as time permits. Um, we will also work with our urban corridor, corridor coordinating transit council and the RTAC um, as we supervise 
is an add to our transportation planning division and, and planning and development services, a grant, state grant funded mobility planner. And so we will be doing mobility planning work um, in our community and um, we will coordinate that work uh, with that grant position which is noted in our work plan, but isn't funded out of this work plan. So those are really the highlights um, besides all of our regular typical MPO um, content that you'll see out of us from the year and what we plan to do in our work plan. I'd be happy to entertain any questions anybody has about the work we're proposing to do, um, how we're gonna do it or anything uh, else. Vice Mayor Shipley, are there any questions? Mayor Finkeldie, oh, it seems like when we did T2040 back when I was on the Planning Commission, we used a consultant to do that work, or at least the, the modeling. Is that still the, is that the plan this time as well? Yes, uh, Jessica Martin, your transportation planning manager. We don't have in-house capabilities to test and validate a travel demand model. Um, we have some basic knowledge of operationally how it works and our ability to with, uh, withdraw things from the modeling software. So we will be procuring um, this budget includes a budget to procure a consultant for travel demand modeling. Um, we are working on a draft um, request for proposals as we speak and hope to get that out in the near term in the few next few months. Um, so we can begin that process of validating um, a new model to put scenarios into um, that model model we envision in this process as an uh, to put out an RFP that includes an option to consider some land use scenarios um, it, as well as which we have not done traditionally we've made one assumption about land use and um, that was, has been our model and this time we're envisioning an option to explore some options for land use also um, part of the model explores the mode of transportation and so uh, it's a four-step model process of which now um, in the mode split, we don't have a mode split model. So we currently don't model transit and we're exploring opportunities at a high level um, to uh, include transit as the as as part of the model in the mode split option to understand better what service impacts um, and investments in transit can do to potential um, demand on the transportation network. And so those are two new things that we are going to be inviting into our modeling process this year. Um, so it'll be really important that we get some technical support to help us facilitate that process. Um, with the steering committee and our staff work group that we're proposing. Vice Mayor Shipley, any other questions? Ooh, Commissioner Shankman. Hi, Greg Shankman, Planning Commissioner. Um, Jessica, could you go into a little more detail about what land use considerations you're talking about? Absolutely. Jessica Mortinger, Transportation Planning Manager. So the model is based on an assumption that across the entire geographic area of your region that you're modeling, that there are zones called traffic analysis zones. And trips originate or uh, those zones serve as origins or destinations for those trip purposes. Um, and so the model populates those origins based on where it finds residential density 
in the trip making for trip trip types like home based work trips um, or home base these these other trip these other trip types that you have in the model. And so, for example, it takes the residential density that you have in each of these traffic analysis zones as origins um, when it's routing trips across the network um, from each of those TAS zones. And so, you have population built into those zones. So, when I'm talking about land use scenarios, I'm talking about density and residential populations. Um, the other part of it that can be impacted um, by land use scenarios and we'll have to consider is the factor that's the trip originator that factors in what how those calculations are made based on the Institute of Traffic Engineers and their ITE manuals is um, uh, employment. So it takes also in those traffic analysis zones, there are employment calculations that are figured into those zones and whether those and based on that data set, um, in the projections you have for future use, right? Because you're making projections about the TASs in the places where you anticipate growth to happen um, for your out year models when you're trying, you're gonna validate a base year, but then you're gonna do an out year model that covers at least 20 years. So in this case, our out year is gonna be 2050. And so by between now and 2050, we'll make projections about those TASs, both for population density for residential, but also looking at where we would anticipate based on the comprehensive plan where we would project employment to also be. So we've fed in data around um, origins and destinations then that can be mapped across uh, across the network from these zones. And that's how the model works. And so previously, when we've done a model, we've had, we make one assumption about density and that's our out year assumption. And the only thing we change in the scenarios is which projects we are proposing um, in terms of either capacity or other, other changes that projects would change in the network function. Um, and then we see what the output level of service would be, which is a, a ratio of volume of traffic over the capacity of the traffic of that segment. So the land use scenario we're talking about will explore options within that realm that we would think are realistic and we will coordinate with um, our land use counterparts to have those conversations and our steering committee about what might be realistic for our community to explore different options um, that are reasonable to expect under the plan um, for us to see the difference in those outcomes. Just to follow up, uh, Greg Shanklin, Planning Commissioner. Jessica, then, um, just to, to to wrap up the question, um, are you talking about modeling the densities that we would like to have under the 2040 plan? Jessica Mortinger, Transportation Planning Manager. Yes, I think we would work in partnership with, um, you know, Planning Director Jeff Crick and the other planners to understand what those projections would look like by 2050. So not in the out years of the plan that extends beyond that, but reasonable within that time frame from the population model that that plan is based upon to make assumptions about under the conditions of that plan, what that would look like in terms of growth. It's possible we could also show a less desirable scenario to compare the two um, in terms of here's you know, a really ambitious scenario that meets this. Here's what it, here's the impacts if we don't do that. We would discuss that um, with the committee and with our staff work group to discuss what's appropriate in terms of the 
reasonableness, I think, of showing some different scenarios and their value um, in terms of output to compel the case for that for that work. Thanks. Yeah, that would be really great to see some stress models. Thanks a lot. Yep. Nice, Mayor Shibley. Any other questions? I also see that um, County Commissioner Patrick Kelly has joined us. I'm make sure he doesn't have any questions. I do not. Thank you. Uh, let's see if there's any public comment. Uh, Jessica Morton, your transportation planning manager. There is no one apparently raising their hand in the Zoom, and there is no one in person. Very good. Uh, very good, Commissioner uh, Shipley. Uh, oh, my thing fell asleep. Um, then I would entertain any motions. Come on. Mayor Fingalai, I would move to approve the 2022 Unified Plan Planning Book Program and authorize the MPO Secretary Jeff Crick to sign the consolidated planning grant agreements. Matt Messina, Keda, I'll second that. Uh, Vice Mayor Shipley, I hear a first and a second. Ashley, can you take a roll for us? Yep. Ashley Breyer's transportation planner. Carter? Yes. Finkeldike? Yes. Kelly? Yes. Shanklin? Yes. Shipley? Yes. Messina. Yes. All right, it passes six to zero. Excellent. Thank you, everyone. Let's move on to the second item, which is the 2022 safety targets. And I believe Ashley will doing, be doing this for us. Yes, thank you. Ashley Byers, transportation planner. I'm going to share my screen. Alrighty. Uh, yes, my name is Ashley Breyers, Transportation Planner, and I am going to talk about the 2022 safety targets, which are part of our federally required performance measures that were included in the federal transportation legislation done in 2013. And these performance measures include uh, pavement, bridges, there's like congestion, and then uh, maybe another one, and then safety. And we have the opportunity to either accept the state's targets for all of these, or we can set our own targets. And for the last few years, we have decided to set our own targets. And so uh, every time we've had the opportunity, I should say, we have set our own targets. And that first began right before Transportation 2040 was approved. And these targets are included in Transportation 2040. So uh, if these targets are approved today, they will be incorporated into T2040 and will be one of our performance measures. So the process for creating these was uh, every summer we get the previous year's crash data from KDOT. And so we received the 2020 data and mapped them and looked at them and discussed them at the October TAC meeting. And then it was released for public comment uh, for 15 days and we received one public comment uh, it was more of a formatting comment from Matt Messina uh, from KDOT. And so I made those changes and they were attached to the agendas and reflect his comments. And TAC discussed this at their meeting and recommended approval for today. 
So looking at the crashes, in 2020, we had 18 fatalities and 12 crashes. And the circles on the map here show the vehicle crashes and the squares are pedestrian crashes. And you can see that there's quite a few on Highway 56. And then there's a couple in Lawrence and on uh, KDOT roads. So we started thinking about other ways to look at this data and decided to look at who actually owned the roadways that the crashes occurred on. Because when we get the data from KDOT, it's just based on which municipality it's in. And so looking at like fatalities, uh, under the way that we get the data from KDOT, it showed that there were 13 fatalities in the unincorporated Douglas County. But then when I mapped them and looked at the actual roads that those crashes were on, unincorporated Douglas County only had three because we're actually on KDOT roads. And so the TAC committee has discussed how this is more reflective of who can actually do something about the crashes. And we've switched our performance measure to be shown this way. So it gives a more complete picture. So looking at this map, the big icons behind the circles and the dots show who owns and maintains the roads. So the big squares are KDOT, the blue is the city of Lawrence, the brown rectangles is Douglas County, and the orange triangle is KTA. So you can see four are City of Lawrence and five are KDOT. And unfortunately, we had the one crash on K10 that had the six fatalities. So that's pretty not good. Uh, this shows the number of crashes per year and per entity. And you can see that. We did go up in 2020, but it's probably because of the six-person fatality. Uh, just, just very unfortunate that that happened. Um, so there are the numbers for you. And then looking at the types of crashes. So the purple triangle is a fixed object, a median. And then we have green pentagons as another motor vehicle. That's the most common one. We have an overturned vehicle, it's the black dot. And then the squares are pedestrians again. Then looking at the serious injuries, again, the circles are vehicles and the square is a pedestrian. And there was just one pedestrian and 22 vehicle in 21 crashes. Looking at who owns those, the brown rectangle is Douglas County, red squares KDOT, uh, orange triangles, KTA, purple stars, Clinton Township, and then red, or I'm sorry, green cross is Wakarusa. And then the blue ones are City of Lawrence. And so majority of those are KDOT again. And looking at the numbers, we did go down in serious injuries for 2020, so that's good. And here are the types. Uh, I'll just read the different ones. Uh, we have fixed object, that's our most common one. That's the circles. We have lots of different other motor vehicles, side impact, head on, rear end, side swipe, and then some other just non-collision. Then we have the non-motorized fatalities and serious injuries. And we had three of those in 2020 and it was just in the city of Lawrence. 
and that was two pedestrian fatalities and one pedestrian serious injury. So then looking at our actual performance targets, uh, this chart graphic shows what our projected numbers would be. And for our federal performance measures, the Douglas County total number is the only number that we report. And the blue line shows the annual fatalities every year. And then we are required to look at the five-year average and make our target for the five-year average. So we use a, a math model to just do a, a straight projection. And 2020 has a 10.2 five-year average. And then we did a um, 2021 number and then 2022 projected is 14.9. The PM10 is the rate of fatalities per 100 million vehicle miles traveled. This one is a little harder to mean much to us because of 100 million VMT is just such a big thing. So our projection is our five-year 2022 average target projection is 1.1. The number of serious injuries you can see are trending down. And so our projected number for 2021 is 25.2 and then our projected one for 2022 is 24.1. And then that with the VMT, our projected number for 2022 is 2.4. And the non-motorized fatalities and serious injuries. I'm not sure why they group these together, the bike ped fatalities and serious injuries, but our projected 2022 is 3.3. So those are all of our projected targets. Uh, any questions? Oh, and TAC did recommend approval at their meeting in early November. And I can go to any slide if we want to do that. Vice Mayor Shipley, any questions? Uh, if I may, uh, David Carter, Planning Commissioner. Uh, Ashley, if you could go to slide 13, I think it is. Um, Yes. So between 13 and 14, I can understand why the target number of fatalities would be higher than your five-year average, given like an expansion in the road network. But I'm curious about slide 14, where the normalized per 100 million VMT still seems to be at or above the five-year average. And this might be more of a policy question, but shouldn't the target be lower than the average? I mean, from a design standpoint, I, yeah, so, oh, that? Ashley Breyer's transportation planner. One thing I should mention is every year when TAC discusses this, we have a kind of a philosophical question because should we shoot to be, to have a lower number or just go along what the trend is? And we've continued to go with just what the trend is, partly because it's really a political decision as to do we want mm -hmm. to spend the money that's needed to make improvements so crashes could potentially not happen and also some of most of the crashes are on KDOT roads so how much control do we actually have or influence on getting that to happen as far as the this specific one i think i think it has to do with the 2020 number being so huge it just pulled everything up um, we wanted to move it down. No, that's great. Uh, David Carter, oh, forgive me, I didn't need to interrupt. Uh, David Carter, Planning Commissioner, that, that, that's extremely helpful, um, especially as a document that you're presenting to policymakers, what you're basically, it seems that you, what you're saying is this is the trend, 
uh, unless you policymakers do something to mitigate this. Correct. Got it. Cool. Thank you. Uh, Vice Mayor Shibley, any further questions? Seeing none, I think we need to do public comment. Is there anyone there in the room or on Zoom who would like to comment? Jessica Martin, your transportation planning manager. There's no one who has raised their hand on Zoom and there's no one in person. Thank you very much. Um, is there any other discussion? Uh, then I would entertain a motion to accept the 2020 safety targets. This is Commissioner Kelly, motion to approve the 2022 safety targets. I think I second. Uh, hearing a first and second. Ashley, can you do a roll for us? Sure. Ashley Byers, transportation planner. Carter? Yes. Finkeldye? Yes. Kelly? Yes. Shanklin? Yes. Shipley? Yes. Messina? Yes. Motion passes six to zero. Thank you. Uh, Vice Mayor Shipley, uh, then let us move on to item number three, Transportation 2050 Steering Committee and Staff Advisor Workgroup. Jessica Morton, your Transportation Planning Manager, and I've shared my screen with you, which includes our draft steering committee um, for Transportation 2050. Um, this plan development process, we envisioned a little bit different structure to work on this steering committee. Previously, we had intermingled uh, what we would consider public stakeholders and staff stakeholders. Um, and through some of the work that we've done um, with the International Association of Public Participation and working um, to update our, our public participation plan, um, we have realized that that may not be in the best interest of the collaborative nature that we intend to get out of the process and having our stakeholder uh, interests help guide and shape the work that we're doing. Um, and so we have used this structure um, in the process currently to work on the pedestrian plan. We've uh, done something a little bit similar with transit route redesign and felt that it was really successful um, in terms of having a staff advisor group um, that helps, like, like a technical advisory committee, helps shape the back end of the work. They're helping put it together um, for what your staff recommendation is. Um, but they're then um, turning that over to the steering committee to help weigh in and respond to the work that we're doing um, to help guide the direction it should reflect for the community and they kind of balance each other. Um, this is the amended um, based on the conversation that the technical advisory committee had with some additions. Um, we changed a little bit the nature of the KU engagement after our conversation um, with KU and how that's both based on their staff and student engagement and also added representatives from the other universities um, in our community. Um, but the, and, and adding the other chambers of commerce, not just the Lawrence Chamber of Commerce. So it balances it to a more countywide approach. Um, this is the draft we've put forth for you to consider. 
um, as we begin this process to engage these stakeholders in um, our plan work that will happen over 2022 and into 2023. I'd be happy to entertain any conversation about any specific position or anybody you feel is missing from this table. We tried to really balance uh, a role of getting engagement from a variety of interests um, and also the fact that we need to be a, have a reasonable number of people to invite to the table. Um, and so that, that also was part of our conversation in terms of recognizing where the role should be in terms of our citizen stakeholders and our staff appointees. Um, but let me know if you want to look through this in greater detail and or have a conversation about who is or isn't there. Vice Mayor Shipley, did anyone notice anything when they looked through it that was missing? Uh, Vice Mayor Shipley, I, I think this looks really thorough. Thank you. Um, if no one has any comments, let's see if there's any public comment. Jessica Mortinger, Transportation Planning Manager. No one has raised their hand online and there's no one in person. Very good. Any further discussion? In that case, I, I don't know that we need a motion for this, do we? Oh, no, we need to approve it. Okay. Any motions to approve this? Mayor Finkelai. Uh, again, I thanks the staff for putting this together. It looks good to me. So I move to approve the Transportation 2050 Steering Committee and staff advisors. It's Commissioner Kelly. I'll second that motion. Vice Mayor Shipley hearing a first and second. Ashley, can you do roll for us? Yep. Ashley Breyers, Transportation Planner. Carter? Yes. Engeldai? Yes. Kelly? Yes. Shanklin? Shanklin? Yes. Oh, okay. Uh, Shipley? Yes. Zena? Yes. All right. Motion passes six to zero. Thank you. Excellent. Thank you, everyone. Um, let's move on to our last regular agenda item, the performance measure four and 23 data update. And I think this will be our Ashley for us. That's correct. Ashley Byers, transportation planner. So earlier I mentioned the performance measures that are part of 20, uh, Transportation 2040. We have 27 of them and about nine maybe are federally required and the other ones are just local ones that we included in Transportation 2040 because we thought they were good to track and showed you know, where we were as our county. So this performance measure number four is the unlinked passenger trips per vehicle revenue hour for transit. And not surprisingly, the numbers way went down because of COVID. Uh, so it's kind of crazy to see, but so between 2019 and 2020, just a huge drop from 23.8 to 9.9 .9 on the fixed route and even greater depth drop on uh, the demand response. Some of that has to do with KU not running service, 
and also like for the demand response. Um, that's typically it's for people who are older or have disabilities, and so they might have stayed home uh, during the beginning, especially during the beginning part of COVID. So this is just to show you the data. We don't need any sort of action on this. And then we have one other one, which is the daily vehicle miles traveled per capita. And that also went down, presumably because of COVID. So just see that. And we actually desire it to go down. So that's good for the vehicle, uh, vehicle miles traveled, not so much for the transit. Any question or discussion on that? Uh, Commissioner Carter. Yeah, uh, David, thank you. David Carter, Planning Commissioner. Um, I'm, I'm curious if you have any uh, comment or any thoughts about the overall decline, uh, apparent decline in ridership on the fixed route uh, from 2013 to 2019 prior to COVID. There already seems to be a, a pretty noticeable trend. Um, is that something that's been, that's been discussed and any thoughts about what might be driving that? Jessica, do you have any on that. Yeah, Jessica Moringer, Transportation Planning Manager. You know, the national conversation around some of the decline in fixed route transit has really been uh, over that time period was about um, uh, rideshare uh, services like Uber and Lyft. Um, that's really what the national trend was seeing in terms of loss of ridership from some of those modes away from fixed route transit. I'm not sure locally that there is more of an understanding and what was happening in terms of my behalf, we would have to uh, ask more specifically, I think, our new transit manager to maybe reflect on that. But of course, that's time he wasn't here. Um, I don't know how much operating hours changed. Do you know what I mean? In terms of, um, did was there a KU reduction in services? Was there change in services? Different things like that can obviously, um, based on uh, you know, the, some of that's by revenue hour, but mm -hmm. so you can see that it's happening by revenue hour, but it can also affect overall, like not just that ride, but maybe other rides too. But we would have to ask more specifically our transit operator that they, um, since their last transit contract, they now have a better understanding. They used to have to do rider surveys uh, manually to understand like where people are boarding and alighting and to follow trends. And now they have automatic passenger counting. So there's some there are some changes that happened there also that I think can give them greater insights into some of that and they're watching. Of course, COVID changed a lot of that in terms of you can see the reduction immediately um, in the quantity of service. Um, the good news on behalf of FTA is they had an option, you know, in this year when they're calculating future funding because some of the funding is tied to ridership about whether they wanted to use 2019 ridership or 2020 ridership. And so their FTA is recognizing that this is a trend across the country and it's impacting a lot of fixed route providers. Uh, David Carter, uh, Planning Commissioner, that makes total sense. Thanks so much. It's a really helpful response. Yep. Vice Mayor Shipley, are there any other questions or comments?
sorry, did I mute myself? <laughs> Let's make sure there's no public comment on this item. Jessica Morton, your transportation planning manager. There's no one in person and no one has appeared to raise their hand on Zoom. Vice Mayor Shipley, is there any further discussion? Uh, seeing none, uh, again, Ashley pointed out we don't need to vote on this, but I would say thank you very much for preparing, preparing this for us. It's very interesting. Um, and then let's move on to the quick updates. I didn't ask, but yep. generally it's Jessica. So. Yeah. Jessica Martin, your transportation planning manager. We just have some quick updates for you in our pedestrian planning process. The survey closed this last weekend. We had over 550 responses, which we feel was really ambitious for a three-week uh, survey period. We did an extensive amount of engagement across the community, um, tabling a lot of hours and reaching out to a lot of different stakeholder groups. Um, you can look online and see the preliminary PDF um, report that's out of the Lawrence Listens report if you're interested in looking into what the community has said, we will do some additional formatting and mapping of that information um, to include in our planning process. We are meeting this evening again with our steering committee for the um, pedestrian plan to continue to work on uh, the development of that uh, the Lawrence plan. We have also met with for a second time both with Baldwin City and Eudora to review some draft existing conditions and talk with them about um, what public process is appropriate in their community around pedestrian planning. We have out a survey for the public participation plan, public comment, and we found that it was really beneficial to have a bunch of transportation-related surveys out together. We feel like we got a lot of additional um, responses to this survey because we were also got people to the website um, or in paper format uh, for our pedestrian plan survey or the transit survey that's also currently out. Um, but we will be, we haven't, I haven't had a chance to look at that yet, but as we look at here from the public how they heard about us and how they wish to be engaged. We hope that can help shape the strategies we identify and invest time in for the future of our public participation planning. Um, and we will continue to work on that and you will hopefully see a draft um, back of that and both the survey responses and our proposed draft. Um, transit route redesign is still currently underway. The, the transit has posted those scenarios out to the public for their response and plans on putting together a revised scenario um, and doing a, a final round of engagement with what their proposed scenario will be. I envision at this point that's going to happen beyond 2021. Um, we had originally planned as part of the portion of that project that's MPO funded to only be during 2021. And so we'll work with transit to facilitate the rest of that work under that contract um, uh, so they can ensure they have that. They also have an on-call contract with that firm to help implement the, the recommendations. So that'll be really helpful for them. We've also attached the recent TAC minutes and the KDOT monthly update. I'd invite Matt if he has anything to share in relation to that to do so. Yeah, Matt Messina, KDOT. Um, that update is a little outdated since it does announce the um, open call for cost share projects, which have been announced. Um, off the top of my head, I do not recall any being in the MPO's jurisdiction that were awarded. Aside from that, the federal transportation bill has been signed by the president, and we are wait, waiting on rulings of how the new programs or program changes will be carried out, and we're expecting that to be 
um, done within 90 to 180 days is what we've been hearing. And we'll keep um, updates on that and keep working with the MPOs to make sure that they know what um, is in store for them related to that. And if anyone has any questions on those, um, feel free to email me. Okay, that's all I have for quick updates. I'd be also happy to entertain any questions or comments anyone might have about the work we have ongoing. You're muted, Courtney. Oh, I muted myself. Um, thank you. Uh, not seeing any questions. Are there any uh, public comments on this item? No one has raised their hand online and no one is in person. Very good. Well, thank you, Ashley and Jessica and Matt. Very interesting. Um, and then we're on to other business. Does anyone have anything? Not seeing any. Our next meeting is December 16th. Uh, uh, Jessica tells us otherwise. Yeah, at this, Jessica Morton's your transportation uh, planning manager. At this point, we don't anticipate having additional work in December, but we will let you know if that changes. Otherwise, we uh, plan to cancel that meeting, and we traditionally do that at the end of the year. Very good. Thank you so much. Well, if this is the last time I see you all this year, I wish you all happy holidays. We don't traditionally um, do, an, do any vote to escape this uh, particular meeting, but I appreciate all of you and I've had a really enjoyable time on this um, board. And so I appreciate all of you. Okay. Thank you. Happy holidays. And Kurt, thank you for doing this for us. Recording stopped. Yay for Kurt. Hey, David, if you stay for a second, we can talk about scheduling sure, a time. That would be fantastic. Okay. Thank you.